Joey, I'm bored. Whoa, we should go do something. Yeah. What do you want to do? I don't know. Should we go to the movies? No. Should we go, like, shopping or something? No. You know what we should do? Go back Back on tour! That's right. I think not, listeners. Down bitches and drag-alongs. We're going back on tour. And guess when the tickets are going on sale? Today at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Well, where do you want to go? Uh, guess what? We're going to New Orleans on June 8th. Let's go to New Orleans on yeah, June baby. 8th. Cute New Orleans song. What's a New Orleans song? Gotta got got And then we will be in St. Louis on June 10th. Pittsburgh on June 12th. San Francisco. The San Francisco treat ding ding. On June 18th. And Phoenix, June 19th. So all you have to do is visit ithinknotpod.com for tickets. We love going on tour. We cannot wait to squeeze your faces. There is going to be surprises. There's going to be drag-alongs being made fun of. Joey is going to give bear hugs. And that's the thing. At the end of our show, we always stay and give as many hugs as we can and take pictures with everyone. We can't wait to see you. And just a quick reminder, merch is on sale through Sunday, May 7th. That's right. So scoop up your swag and let people know that they ain't better than you. (laughs) (laughs) See you soon. See you. I think what we're going to do is talk about uh, podcasts that this is not. Who's that talking? What? What, Who is that? Is that God? Was it? What's that sound? Is that, was that in your headphones? I don't think so. Hello? Who is that? Hello? Sounds like a... You guys invited me here. You're listening to the podcast where Ellen Marsh and Joey Toronto and I recap every single Golden Girls episode and tie it into a true crime story. What a blessing. You're listening to Thank You for Being a Fiend. First time listening to I Think Not, choose another episode because you are going to be confused, confused. If you are a longtime down bitch, you're going to have the time of your life. Welcome to I Think Not, the podcast where we invite Christopher, the narrator, to come be our third. Hi, Christopher. Hi. Oh, my God. I can't believe we're in the same room again. Uh, hi, Joey. It's a threesome. It, okay. <laughs> Okay, is that okay? That's it's a, it. it's a thruple. That's the it's, Joe. A, it's a thruple. There you go. Well, please join us for future episodes with just me and Joey on the Patreon. <laughs> you can find us on the Patreon and over a hundred episodes to download and binge. You know, Christopher is on what a hundred and twelve of those episodes. It's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot on one hundred and twelve episodes. episodes, you will also find Christopher being there. I did doing stuff, but just go to <laughs> Patreon and find I Think Not. You can find back episodes of that other girl who used to go there, too. And, y'all, we got a really, really great episode for you. We sure do. We uh, Christopher, do. it's so nice that you're here visiting. So... From, where do you live again? Toledo? Yeah. 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 <laughs> exactly. Joey goes, hi, Christopher. Where, remind me where you're from in Ohio again. <laughs> Washington, D.C. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. I, yeah. Honestly, that is my favorite part of Ohio. Is yeah. that the suburbs? Yeah. <laughs> it's in the south. So not only am I gay, I'm bad at geography. <laughs> so here we go. Christopher, before we jump into the episode, what's new? Buenos Aires? Yeah. Well, are we going to talk about what we think is new? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. You. Yeah. Tell them. We are going to bring back Christopher Narrates Your Life. 
at Obsessed Fest. At Obsessed Fest. But the most fun thing about doing Christopher Narrates Your Life with you was there were three people involved, right? You, Joey, and myself. And none of us knew what we were doing. No, no. And then whoever we pulled out of the audience brought some magic every time. Oh, it was, and it was so it fun, but we were like, yeah, we're going to like play an improv game with Christopher. And then it ended up being like one of the most fun things at Obsessed Fest. So it was a blast. If you're not already planning to come to Obsessed Fest, come just to see this just ridiculousness. To, just to snuggle up next to Christopher. And whenever Joey can't think of a joke, he just does something super, super gay. I mean, hey, I've branded it. Okay? <laughs> it's on brand. <laughs> I thought you guys could both just totally land the plane for all the uh, all these improv games, and I was deeply impressed and wildly impressed with the people in the audience. I know and their, their suggestions. Uh, before we we jump into the episode, also Christopher, remember when we made you be our friend? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we were like, I mean, honestly, what if he just didn't answer that tweet all yeah. those twenty seven years ago? Yeah, life would be so much more boring. <laughs> It would. We love you, Christopher. Love you too. Do you like when I text you late at night? <laughs> yeah. There's 2 a.m. text. I mean, it's, you're the one keeping my OnlyFans alive. <laughs> <laughs> it's called OnlyFans. Literally. <laughs> I am the OnlyFans. No, that's not true. Season four, episode six, Beth's Last Party. Our worst fears were now reality. No witnesses. No suspects. No leads. I just couldn't believe that anything this horrific could happen to my sister. We prayed that there was some surveillance footage to give us a lead on who may have been responsible for her murder. Every second counts. The longer they're out there, the more chance of someone else getting hurt exists. I miss her. I love her. Well, here we are on Tuesday, December 22nd, 2009, and it's Christmas time in Spotsylvania, Virginia. And don't worry, we're not going to sing Christmas carols because you, the Scrooges outed wow, themselves. We got so many notes. We got, <laughs> we got, we got threats. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Well, on, on a couple episodes before, we, we were singing. Some Bob Streisand yes. uh, jingle bells. I listen. And yeah. people yeah. were like, cut Very that high. shit yeah. out. And we you know what I say? I get that. Christmas carols should stay at Christmas time. Yeah. But, you know, I think we sounded nice. Yeah, we just I got excited. We very nice. Well, we see the opening reenactment of Beth Von Steiner. And she's a 57 year old and she's just lovely, but right off the bat, right off the bat. Did you see what I saw? Christmas? She had a dog named Buster? Nope. <laughs> wow. Okay. So reenactment Beth is making cookies. Yeah. Uh-huh. For church. And she's like, she's fake baking. And she takes the flour, which is real flour. She shakes it. Mm-hmm. Nothing comes out because the flour isn't open. <laughs> and then we see in the bowl, like a Pillsbury dough Already made thing no. of cookie dough. Totally went over my it's head. Like, I'm glad it, you caught that. It's like in the shape of the dough thing. I was like, just put water in flour. Yeah. Nothing gets by her. Not a thing. Don't go to Disney World with her because she'll be like, that's fake. That's <laughs> that way I can see it. There's a person in that. That's not Mickey. 
I should have caught anything cooking wise, she but I was focused on some other stuff. Very dough finished batch. <laughs> I was like, what? Or just don't show inside the bowl. Yeah, we don't need it. We you don't are, need to see inside. You are the bowl. a prop master's worst nightmare. Worst nightmare. I am so many people's worst nightmares. <laughs> so we meet her brother. 48-year-old Eric, who's mm-hmm. telling us about this. She's making cookies for church. She's planning on coming over the next day to his house, which sounds like it's closer to D.C. It's like an hour away. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I was trying to figure out if he was doing his own recreations because his guy looked so much like him. He really did. And also, we meet Beth's son, Thomas. And basically, both of them say, I mean, everyone is here to say, Beth was... An amazing person. She she was very loving. She was super funny. A very larger-than-life kind of personality. And her son Thomas said, you know, she always told me, if you do good by others, people will do good back. That doesn't make sense. And people will do good for you. Is that how, what's the saying? If you put out goodness, goodness will come back to you. Yeah, there That's we go. That's not always true. I am waiting. Honestly, I am waiting for a lot of people's karma. Oh. Yeah. There are some people, I'm like, why does good things keep happening to you? Because that, that's not the way it's supposed to be, right? Why you looked at me when you said that? <laughs> you know, some people are like, oh, karma will get them. And like 30 years go by, you're like, why look, hasn't it not? They look very successful. Yeah. They're, they're very good looking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're sitting pretty in Prague. Yeah. I don't know why. Prague. Prague is nice. Beautiful. Do you know who loves Prague? Oh, We're not talking about Hitler on our comedy <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Okay, we're not. Hi. Hey, you still coming for the holidays? Beth's 48-year-old brother, Eric, lives an hour's drive away. You betcha. I'll see you tomorrow around noon. My sister told me that she was baking cookies for her church, and then she was going to come up to my house the day after that. Sounds great. You know, I got to go, because I've got friends coming over. Glad you're keeping busy. Okay, so Ross is our narrator for this show. I looked him up, a guy named Ross Hugue, who's Canadian. And I just thought he's... It's like the the it's like the dueling narrators, like Christopher. Oh, Lee, oh, oh yeah. So we've Sharks got and jets. we've got our hands tied together and yeah. a knife in the other hand. I'm all right. Donna, cool. Donna, Donna. That's a West Side Story reference. I, lo- I think he does a great cares. job on this show. Keep um, going, Christopher. Yeah, he sounds like uh, he sounds kind of like Tom Hanks, but like oh, an edgy oh. Tom Hanks. Edgy, edgy Tom, Tom Hanks. Hanks. We're looking for an edgy Tom Hanks type. Yeah, Ross. <laughs> <laughs> Ross, you gay. Ross, Ross you gay. Ross, you gay. <laughs> I don't know if I'm <laughs> saying that right. Hey, Ross, you gay. <laughs> That's what I was going to say anyway. Oh, no. <laughs> this is where rumors start. Yeah. Well, what did Ross say? Okay, so <laughs> Ross tells us that uh, Beth is supposed to come to her brother Eric's house the next day. And she doesn't show up. And he can't reach her. He's calling her. Thomas, the son, is calling her. And they're not getting any response. Yeah. And so Eric's like, you know what? This is weird. It's very unlike Beth. I'm going to call the cops. I'm going to call the cops and have them go do a welfare check. And they do. Yeah. And everyone tried calling her. The son tried calling her. And so they, the cops did a really thorough welfare check. <laughs> they were like, you know what? Let, let's, uh, let's preemptively dot our I's and cross our T's. Let's peek in the window. Yeah. And... And call it a day. They said it was a little messy, but I guess it didn't look ransacked. It was not ransacked. (laughs) I was like, also, I would 
really like to put the kibosh on all of these police officers really judging people's homes. Like, I'd like to see how neat your home is, Sergeant. Yeah, I mean, like, come on. It, unless it's hoarders buried alive and you're stepping over cat skeletons, yeah. let's reserve the judgment. Call like, my house messy. I don't think that woman my has house... ever even seen Marie Kondo. So <laughs> that place was a mess. They say it's a little messy, but nothing out of the ordinary. There's water in the dog bowl and food in the dog bowl, so they feel like somebody's been around. Thorough. They were like, that That felt good. That felt like a good welfare Yeah, check. we did good. High five. Yeah. Yeah. But when two more days pass with no word from Beth, Eric decides to go investigate. After Christmas, I decided to drive down to her house. Beth? I went in myself, and I looked around. Two days. Yeah, two days is a long That's time. It's a long time. Especially, like, right around the holidays yeah. when you're supposed to be seeing people. And no one has spoken to Beth. And so eventually Eric is like, fuck this. I'm going to make the hour drive down and go check on her myself. And he does. Yeah. And that's where ID gives us some filmmaking style. That There's some something bad happened ambience going on in this house when we see the recreation. We've got a shot from behind what looks like meat hooks, mm-hmm. which I think are just the... Uh, you know, for your pots and pans yeah. over the kitchen island or whatever. Yeah. But, but music, we got these meat hook shots. <laughs> uh, there's dripping water from the faucet. It's like, we went to film school. Yeah, super Quentin Tarantino. Oh, I was going to say. I love it when they get Quentin Tarantino. They do. I was going to say, though, it was more of like a, you know, kind of feeling. It made me feel uncomfortable. I'm the way you look right now. You look very uncomfortable. Well, you're you're talking about like the music that like Ellen brought up in the other episode, like the like oh, ambient drums. drums and that yeah. kind of stuff. God, you really do listen to I our do. show. Yeah, I mean, I, actually, it really like gasses me up when Christopher like messages and was like, "Oh, this was funny today" or something <laughs> like that. I'm like, because it's you know when people that you like admire and you know like our friend Mike Milan listens. So yeah. I was like, "You do? Yeah." I don't know. It always it always makes my day when Christopher. Oh yeah, when Christopher texts, he what he listens, he watches. You ain't text me shit. It. I'll text you all the time. Jeff. Okay. <laughs> okay. But they're setting us up for what's going on because because we learned the power is out. Yeah. So for Eric, obviously. You know, these alarm bells are starting to go off. Most of the DVDs are gone. Do we need to do an explanation of what those are? Remember DVDs? Well, yeah. I mean, we might. We do have some listeners that might be like, what? So Netflix used to send you these things in the mail that you put in a machine to play your movies, and they're called DVDs. (laughs) Anyway, Eric noticed that most of hers, Beth's, are gone and then he finds this stain on the, I think, living room carpet. And that's when he calls the police. Well, yeah. he thought that stain was blood. Yes. I mean, he went zero to inspector really, really yeah. fast. And so when he calls the detective, the detective was like, listen, let's not worry until we have to worry. And remember, these are the same guys that just did a little peekaboo inside the window yeah. and called it a day. So hold on to that. We won't worry until we have to worry. Thought. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hold on to that. Eric showed us what he thought was a blood stain on the floor in the living room. Myself and Detective Harris took a look at it. Looks like the stain he thought was blood was actually wine. With Eric's fears laid to rest, detectives searched the house for clues to where Beth might be. And then they take a look at that stain on the carpet once they arrive and they're like, that my friend is wine, it's not blood. 
I drink Josh Cabernet. I know Josh Cabernet. I could smell it a mile away. That is Josh yeah. Cabernet. And he called it wine. Wine. Yeah. It's just wine. a little bit of wine. And so we, that's when we meet these two yeah. detectives, and then also we get their recreation versions. So these are two Spotsylvania County Sheriff's Office detectives, and we have J.D. Harris, yeah. mm-hmm. the, the guy who's uh, bald and has a goatee. And then we have... Sounds familiar. Yeah. <laughs> Troy Skibo. Joy, I was wondering if you noticed anything about uh, Troy Skibo that, like, if you were his friend, would, like, sort of bother you about him all the time and you might bring it up. I mean, that's kind of a tough question because everyone bothers me yeah. all of the time. Yeah. So have you have you heard him talk about my bangs? <laughs> that's the exact thing. I, I thought Troy Skibo looks like he cut his own bangs. <laughs> I obviously am not an expert on bangs since, you know, the early 90s. Isn't it funny when he just misses, like, a softball? (laughs) Like, come on! I'm sorry, I didn't notice his bangs. Also, Ellen has lovely bangs. The other thing about Skibo, which I really sort of felt for him, I felt like we were watching... So, we were talking about the style of the show a little bit, where the people speak directly to the camera instead Mm -hmm. of to a documentary person just off camera. Right. And I felt like Skibo was like... I signed up to do police work. Yeah. <laughs> I am good at investigating. Yes. I don't want to go on a show. And and he warms up after a while, but it's he's like, I can't believe you guys are making me talk directly to a camera. Yeah. yeah. And I'm going to get all these police terms exactly right. I love it when they're slightly annoyed to be there. It's always really my favorite. But before you can say dry Chardonnay, they're like, all right. I mean, I guess since we're here. We might as well go check the rest of the house. I mean, we are already here, yeah. but... but... But then they go and they check the bedroom. I saw copious amounts of blood throughout the bedroom. On the wall was high-impact spatter. And on the bed and floor was contact blood transfer. When we saw how much blood was lost, we knew either someone was dead or was in grave danger. A lot of blood. Immediately, the detectives, one of the detectives says, We noticed high impact spatter on the wall and on the bed and the floor. There was contact blood transfer. There was a ton of blood and it was quite a scene. And either Recreation Harris or Recreation Skibo or Recrebo uh, <laughs> says, This is not wine. Yeah. Now, yeah. now they're, they're on to it. Yeah. This scene is gruesome, and they tell us that the blood was coagulated, and there was also some human tissue and brain matter. It was really graphic. And at that point, they were like, you know what? Get her brother Eric out of here. Mm -hmm. It was disturbing. And so he is taken back to the station. And nobody says at this point, it's beginning to look a lot like murder, which I thought was very tasteful that they didn't. I'm I'm glad. I'm glad they did. Yeah. Sometimes they do. They do the right thing. What was the show that we covered that was just the worst? Uh, Nightmare Next Door. Yeah. They they had all the copy is being very. Oh my God. The puns were so offensive. Yeah. We just skipped over them. It was so, but the show was good. They, they, they covered good cases. And I was like, somebody please get this narrator out of here. He lost, his way. Remember, he was supposed to be the host of Supermarket Sweep. It was not great. Yeah. It was not a great fit. While Eric's taken back to the station, the CSI team moves in. We search the residence. We search the outbuildings. We search the property. They search the entire property, and then they come up on a trash pile. It's, it's immediately suspicious looking. It's a random location. 
And there's a sheet under all that trash. And they lift the blanket only to discover human remains. When this was happening, I was watching it. I was like, no, 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 no. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so they start removing the trash piece by piece to take it into evidence until they get to the sheet. And the detective, when Harris, I think, tells us that uh, our worst fears are now reality. And it's a just a horrific scene that'll always be in his memory. I mean, everybody talking about this, you can see that the impact in their faces, both yes. the family and the detectives. Yeah. And they, at this point, are able to confirm that these are the remains of Beth Von Steiner. They send the body off to the medical examiner. Mm-hmm. So now they're going to be figuring out what's going on. Yeah. yeah. See you in six and a half years. So they scour Beth's home for clues and they find a lot of things. They find a mop and a bucket and some liquid in that that might look possibly like blood. And they also noticed that several items were missing from her residence. Her car, which Does was... Does that count as an item? I'm like, a, an item? I was expecting them to say like a, a wallet. They're like, no, her whole truck is missing. Yeah, her whole truck, oh, yeah. which was a Dodge pickup truck. And we all know that Dodge is a great car. Oh, <laughs> oh God. I mean, it's not a Dodge. Who are you? Uh-oh. I'm... I'm sorry. Uh, Sharon, this is our dear friend, Christopher. Uh-huh. Yeah, he um, narrates a bunch of shows. He's what, a... Narrates what? Well, you know, we used to cover Who's your show... favorite baseball team? The Red Sox. All right, good. Okay, keep tracking. All right, what's your favorite order at Junkies? Black coffee. Okay, and what's the Dodge's best car? The Dodge Dart. I like this guy better than you, Blue Eyes. Oh, I mean, I... I think you are sassy. That's a low bar, though, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, it I really mean... is. He's always being sassy, because all I came to say was a Dodge pickup truck, fairly good car, mm-hmm. fairly good car, but the Dodge has been discontinued. Yeah. For good reason, though, no, right? No, no, and I've, I've, ri- I've written a letter every 14 days <laughs> for the last... <laughs> what? Since... Yeah. Since it was discontinued every Friday, not one of those letters has been returned. I don't do emails because I don't do the computer because that's uh-huh. how they get you. Oh, gotcha. That's it is how, how they get you, yeah. Tracks, yeah. Absolutely. I write snail mail. So how long has it been since the dart has been discontinued? Do you think that it's ever going to come back? I think with the hard work and determination, yes, it will. If I, maybe, maybe if the three of us all wrote a letter every fourteen days, I don't think I have the strength. Yeah, I, I could, I could tell. But I bet my new best friend. What's your name again? Absolutely, I'll be. Uh, I'll what be, is it? It's uh, Ross Hugay. Ross Hugay. I thought he said Christopher. Yeah, you're, 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 you're out. He's in. <laughs> I was trying to be hiding clue. Wow. wow, Christopher. I did not know she was going to show up. Have you ever met her before? Uh, you know, I witnessed her on stage, uh-huh. but you know, at, at Obsessed Fest, she, at oh, Christopher narrates your life, which you should all join us for. <laughs> this is actually just a long ad for yeah. Christopher <laughs> narrates your life. <laughs> Guess who's back? Sharon um, is just the gift that you can't return. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, she's she's more intense. She is this close up. It's yeah. like you know, yeah, try yeah. sitting next door. She's, yeah, I can't she's imagine. A <laughs> There were several items that were missing from the residence to include her Dodge pickup truck, her purse, her cell phone, credit cards, and DVD and VHS tapes. Over 200 items of evidence were collected and were sent down to the lab. But other things were stolen from her house, too. Her purse, her cell phone, credit cards, and those DVDs that Joey mentioned, and VHS tapes. So we get some actual police photos mm-hmm. uh, from the scene, and we see a, a, a shelf. Yeah. And the top 
the top shelf of this um, bookshelf is like there are four or five DVDs on it, and the rest are all empty. Did either of you guys zoom in on the on the photo? Oh, you're you're just you're gonna make me fall in love with you with the details. Go on, Christopher. Did you? Though? Did well, you? No, no, no. Okay, so I just so these were the DVDs that the real. So obviously the perpetrator in this case took these right. DVDs. That's not much of a spoiler. Um, so I wanted to see like, well, what did they reject? If uh-huh. they left, oh, or yeah. they, or they just trying to leave enough that it looked like they weren't stolen, mm-hmm. but they only left one shelf left. Uh, my cousin Vinny oh. was there. How, why do you not take that if you're stealing movies? That was left behind? It was left behind. Big mistake. Huge. Wow. Total Recall, Transporter 2, Born on the Fourth of July. That's Tom Cruise, right? Yeah. Uh, there was one called A Guy Thing. That yeah. sounds like it was alphabetical. I don't think it's the Guy Thing movie that you're thinking of, Joey. You don't know what I'm thinking about, Christopher. <laughs> Investigators also dig into piles of papers. What'd you get? We've had a lot of statements and deposit slips through Wachovia. Look at that. And her account was in the positive for roughly $16,000. That's a lot of money. Trying to establish the motive of why anyone would want to hurt Beth, much less kill her. We had to take into consideration this large amount of money. So they find a Wachovia bank statement in their search, and she had $16,000 or so in this. And so they're thinking this could potentially be motive. Yeah. And they also find a receipt for a transaction on December 22nd, which is the last day Beth was known to be alive. And so detectives head straight to the bank in hopes that they have surveillance cameras and guess what? They do. Well, this is see no evil. Of course they do. So they sit down and they take a look at the footage, but the video is corrupted. We see it. Like, the images are popping in and out of frame. It's very Haunted Mansion when, like, yeah. the ghosts are like, these happy ghosts are going to go with you. Yeah. But they are able to freeze a frame where we do see a woman in a bandana making a transaction. And it does. I mean, it's clearly Beth. It yeah. is Beth. So it wasn't that the security camera company is the same company that made Paranormal Activity. I mean, it did. It was similar. Have you ever seen Paranormal Activity? I can't imagine you, you sitting down you know and watching that. No, I do that. not like horror movies. Yeah. No. Are you a horror movie person, Christopher? Somewhat, yeah. I'm not like a, like, have to watch them all, but like, I can get into them for that sure. That movie is, you would not sleep. No. It's particularly scary. No. I t- you remember, I watched The Ring and I've never gotten over it. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I get that. That's a no from me. Lola loves horror movies. I'm like, go off. Turn it turn it down. Oh, all kids love horror movies because it takes a while to figure out, well, you have to become an adult before you realize life is a horror. Yeah. <laughs> She's a horror. At the counter, there's a woman wearing a bandana. It looks a lot like Beth Von Steiner. Viewing the video footage, I got a much better understanding of what she looked like, what she was wearing and realized this was the first time I had seen her since I had found her dead. So it is Beth yeah. on the tape uh, from Wachovia, and even with the jumpy aroundy paranormal activity tape, yeah. uh, no one seems to be with her. Yeah. yeah, and they're kind of watching also, you know, you watch for demeanor. You watch, do they look like nervous? Or do they have anybody following them? And... Everything checked out. She was just at the bank. Yeah. And at this point, they alert Beth's family. 
And of course, they're absolutely devastated. And honestly, I got very emotional watching Thomas talk about his mother. That, Same right here. It, that son, Thomas, like, and the award for grieving son who is going to make me cry goes to Thomas. I don't think he had dry eyes for the whole no, entire he's clear, interview. he's clearly, like, just wrecked. Yeah. By, yeah. It's, it's really it's, hard. I mean, I can't even imagine getting that phone call. I mean, his uncle Eric told him and explained everything that happened. And it's like, what? Yeah. And then, you know, they said the first, they said that, you know, they were in denial. Do you know the five stages of grief, Christopher? Uh, I'm not that close a listener to uh, the show. Oh. oh. Get out. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really easy to remember. All you have to remember is dabda. Dabda? Dabda. Yeah, that's, that just sticks right in your mind. Dabda. dabda. Denial. Dabda. Anger. Bargaining. Depression. Acceptance. Dabda. See, you learned something today. Yeah. Which stage are you on from having to work with her every day? Oh, I'm still deep in the anger. <laughs> Very deep. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen Faye Hunnaway? Faye Hunnaway. Faye Hunnaway. Do you, you know, know Faye Hunnaway's cousin? <laughs> Faye Hunnaway. Not as famous. She, <laughs> she's not as famous at all. But she, let me tell you, the, the titties on her. The titties on Faye Hunnaway. Please welcome to the stage. <laughs> Faye Hunaway. <laughs> I don't even know what the fuck I brought Faye Dunaway up for. Oh, I was going to make a joke about Mommy Dearest, but who cares? With the bank CCTV revealing frustratingly little, investigators turned to Beth's neighbors. One of them reveals she spoke to Beth on the evening of the 22nd, just hours after she left the bank. And what time was that at? It was around 9 o'clock, and she was having, like, a party. Her neighbor said that Beth told her she was having a party. This was on the 22nd. And it was around 9 o'clock. And that she had already kicked a woman out of the party for being drunk. But Beth had also told this neighbor that it was an all-girl party. But the neighbor said that she heard a man's voice. Mm. Yeah. So I think Ross tells us that she may have actually heard the killer's voice yeah i also was just curious if like the neighbor was mad that she wasn't invited oh i didn't all girl party she's like i mean she's like i mean and she told me it was an all she was an all girl party i had stuff to i had stuff to do i couldn't i couldn't even go if i was invited so but she was an all i really i didn't even want to go i was busy cleaning vegetables (laughs) vegetables And my vegetables are clean they're very clean she had clean vegetables they are cookable now the neighbor were wondering So meanwhile, they're back processing the crime scene at the house. And we get, in the recreations, we get dramatic hazmat suit guy. Yep. I mean, this guy is like ready for his performance, even though he's in full hazmat suit and a mask before it was cool. Yeah. And (laughs) he comes up and he's found a Walmart receipt from the 21st. Yeah. And the Walmart receipt was chock full of everything from the murder aisle. Yeah. It was cleaning supplies. It was mops. It was all of this stuff. Now, we know that Walmart is really problematic, but Walmart is always going to come through with really good CCTV footage. And they do. I mean, the police get their security footage and they queue it up just before the time of the transaction, which was 1.07 p.m., And we see the actual footage. I forget every single time I watch this show that we are going to watch the actual footage. And it's an overhead shot. At first, all we see is a hand in like a basket. And then someone steps into frame. It's Beth. And she's wearing the same bandana she was wearing in the bank footage. She's buying all of these cleaning products. She's buying mops and buckets and bleach. And 
nothing again was suspicious. So they're like, okay, let's we'll go to the exteriors. Let's see where she goes from there. And we're getting all the see no evil bells and whistles. We're getting the recre actors being like, come on, move mm-hmm. into view. They're telling you to move into view watching the tape. And we get the those drums coming in. Your emotions. Yeah. So then they they say, let's look at the. You've got the outside camera. Could you put it to the outside camera? (laughs) (laughs) So they show them the footage from the cameras outside in the parking lot. And this is, this is using like a technical term here, but these cameras are great as fuck. I thought you were going to sing with us, Christopher. (laughs) Go on, Christopher. I didn't know what key we were in. We're Z major. (laughs) That's my key. (laughs) But they are able to pick out her gray Pickup truck, her pickup truck. You you know, everything on this looks like, I don't know. I mean, people don't know what Xeroxes are anymore, but all these pictures look like a 10th generation Xerox copy. Yeah. They can pick out her truck and they're they're watching it. They're scrolling through, fast forward, watch Mm -hmm. it. And then three people walk into view on the camera with a cart. And the detectives are like, who are these guys? Yeah. So it's Beth and two something or others. They don't know. Is it a man? Is it a woman? Is it a silly goose? They have no idea what is there. They, it's just, it's They're like, grainy. It's, as, it's like looking at, at Donkey Kong from yeah. 1984. They're just all like Don't pixels. you insult Donkey Kong like that. Well, I just, they hadn't developed the <laughs> pixel technology yet at that point. It's rough. Yeah. Donkey Kong. Wait, favorite 80s arcade game. Think about it. On the count of three, one, two, three, Tapper. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Wait, I said Joust. I said Tapper. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That was 80s? Yeah. So now we know Beth was not alone, and we see these two people hop into her truck and drive off. So now Detective Harris goes back to the other cameras in hopes that he can see these two folks' faces. And we get an overhead view of an exit camera where we see Beth trying to push her cart through the exit. And then we see her two companions. One is small and slender in like a very light cap. And the second one is taller, bigger dude in a baseball cap and baggy pants. So now they're like, that's definitely a woman in the front. And that's definitely a man in the back. Call off the silly gooses. <laughs> it turns out they were not. They were not silly. Go- My bad. My bad, Carl. Yeah. Sorry about that. They seem to have trouble steering the cart with the two mops sticking out of either side (laughs) through the door. And I was kind of hoping, like, maybe this is, maybe they're all stuck in the Walmart and everything is fine. But that is not at all. Out of video leads, Harris and Skibo turn their attention to the medical examiner's findings. Gentlemen. So then we cut to the medical examiner. Mm -hmm. And I think this is like one of those, like, recre actors who's like, classically trained and she's mm-hmm. like I played Linda Lohman in Death of a Salesman at Cleveland Playhouse and has a whole backstory for her sad medical examiner character I yeah some of them take it really seriously can I some just say something just real fast insurance weeks yeah I've worked at Cleveland Playhouse oh cool it's a good oh is that where you did that little shop oh no I'm thinking of something else yeah okay great cool <laughs> back at the medical examiner <laughs> we find out what happened to Beth Oh, it's terrible. I mean, honestly, sorry, we're just kind of like putting it off because we don't want to have to go into it, but this is what we do. Yeah, the medical examiner tells the detectives that Beth died from blunt force trauma to the head, and the injuries were so severe Mm -hmm. that they were like, either this person who did it is very, very strong, or they did not act alone. This was more than one person. 
And they also said that the item used to hit her in the head was consistent with the shape of a spade. Yeah. It's horrible. And also, there is something very degrading about the whole thing about throwing her yeah. in the trash. It's, I mean, and every, when you see these photos, yeah, it's just ugh. every murder is is awful and and horrendous. But there's just a next level of uh, just so degrading of throwing her in the trash and hearing her son say that was really, really very heartbreaking. Hard to hear. Yeah. And Sweet Beth is finally laid to rest at her childhood home in Alexandria, Virginia. And the family is just, yeah. what can you say? What can you do? It's just, it's tragic. It's Son absolutely Thomas tragic. can barely string words together. Yeah. He is really, really still very devastated and yeah. and is still, his eyes were red. I just want I wanted to yeah. squeeze him. Same. Yeah. Same. Same. Boss. What you got? Beth von Steiner's bank records. Look at this. Beth's credit card was used at a local Kohl's and a nearby gas station on the 23rd of December. On the 23rd, Beth's card was used at a Kohl's and at a gas station, which looks like it's a Sheets gas station. Yeah, and this is after she didn't show up at her brother Eric's house. So they're like, okay, so whoever did this is obviously using her credit card. And immediately, detectives head down to Kohl's. Turns out Kohl's... They've got some pretty good cameras. Yeah. I mean, what do they do? Spend that Kohl's cash on nonsense? No, they're getting high-end equipment. <laughs> yeah. They were like, you know what you can get? You can get two-for-one oven warmers, and you can get answers. Yeah. What a blessing. Two murders. That's what's going to happen. So they queue up the tape, and they see people, these two people, placing clothes and shoes on the counters to purchase. Now, they can only see the back of this customer's head, but it is very clear that it was a woman. And then it becomes very clear that this person using Beth's card is not Beth. It is not Beth. In fact, it is, they're like, that's a pink bandana. And at first they can't get a clear image of her face. And they're like, let's switch cameras. And Yeah, you got another angle. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And they do. And sure as shit, we get a very clear view of this person's face. And investigators are thinking, this is this has got to be the woman who was with Beth at Walmart. We now have a prime suspect yeah. in yeah. this case. So they go from that camera yeah. to the Cole's front entrance video. And they're pretty sure that the woman they saw in Kohl's is the same woman who was in the Walmart with Beth. But where is this third person from the Walmart video out in the parking lot? And then on the Kohl's entrance tape at 4.50 p.m., we see that female suspect come in. And there's this, like, you see this little boy who's, like, trying to walk out of the store. And he sort of, like, backs out of her way. Yep. And then there's this guy coming in right behind her. Mm -hmm. And I think he has a gray hat on. Yeah. And so they want, they rewound the tape and they, you know, zoom in. Yeah. Nope. Grainy as fuck. They can't see it and they need another angle. Now, the thing about this guy, whether this is intentional or not, he seems to be perfectly bobbing and weaving out of all of the camera's angles because we see the woman a couple times, but the guy we can't really make out. Ross, our narrator, tells us that that man has a knack for avoiding cameras. Yeah. 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 I have a knack for avoiding good decisions, (laughs) which is is how I I maintain my girlish figure. And, you know, 
the thing that Christopher and I wanted to tell you is yeah. this, this actually isn't, this is, we aren't actually here to record. No. This oh. is an intervention. Yes. For what? Your bad decisions. Oh. So, what can I do to make it better? Mm-hmm. I got a long list. One second. <laughs> <laughs> Christopher has a pointer. He's like, what? <laughs> this is why I brought this laptop. Back at the sheriff's office, Beth's neighbor has agreed to come in and see if she can help identify the suspects. I just have a couple of pictures, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, of course. Beth's neighbor, who heard that male voice, has come in to help answer any questions that she can and perhaps identify any suspects. And they show her a bunch of pictures, and she's like, she is Mariah Carey. I don't know her. Yeah. And I don't know her either. Yeah, and she's Um, like, and and not for nothing, but, like, let's let's say I was invited that party I probably would have but I probably would have bought something good because I make good pies Yeah, but I wasn't and that's neither here nor there and that's yeah. not why we're here she's and not mad she's no, not mad not at all And she, I mean I make a great ranch dip but, um, like, nobody... I wasn't cleaning those vegetables yeah I don't just buy the Pillsbury and make my baked goods exactly. from the package who would do thin. that yeah yeah She's like, I'm cool. I'm ha- People want to be around me. I'm yeah. crafty. I roll my own tampons. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Organic. And uh. I'm just. Christopher is here to witness in person that whatever just comes out of our mouth is what we're going it. with. I love it. <laughs> and so, obviously, this neighbor doesn't know any of them. But Does, she, she, have, says, does she have anything useful? She does. She says, wait a minute. I remember a name. There was a name that Beth gave me and it was Desi. Mm-hmm. The name was Desi. And they're so, like, okay. Yeah. Let's we can file that. that. Yeah. Let's file Desi for a second. Then they take us on to the gas station footage, which is also uh, December 23rd. And it's just half an hour after they were at the Coles. And we see this truck, which looks like it's Beth's truck. And they see the two people, and the the guy is wearing the sweater that they saw them buying at Kohl's on the right Kohl's because day. the other video had him in a gray sweater. They're like, wait, that's not the guy that was in the Kohl's. He's wearing something different. And they were like, wait, this is actually really brilliant. They're like, wait, but what did he buy? Aha, he bought a white sweater, and he was in that white sweater. So they could then discern that that was the same guy. Yeah, and also they're just thinking. This this piece of shit murdered this woman. These have to be the two people who ended this woman's life. And they're driving around in her truck, yeah. spending her money, yeah. going to the gas station to fill up her truck. And they look like they don't have a fucking care in the world. Yeah. What? What kind of sociopathic morons are you? Yeah. Yeah. Just buying sweatshirts and it's sneakers and shoes. I think they spent like 200 bucks at Kohl's or something like that. And so they yeah, just went on a shopping spree. But the problem is, is they still don't have a way to identify these two people. Yeah. Right. Well, they just have that name, Desi, and that's not really a lot to go on. But it leads us to something beyond the uh, the video dramatization, yes. which I like, which is dramatic Googling. Mm-hmm. And so they recreate Harris doing his police Google on, you know, www.peoplewhovebeenarrested.cops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh, and we get big zoom-ins on the screen where it's like, Desi, file not found. Desi Smith, not found. Desi Jones, yeah. <laughs> no results. Desi Parado, Desi Parado. 
You know we caught you on camera. We saw you at Walmart. We saw you at Kohl's. Desi Parado. That's all that I have written down here. So we get Recreation Harris, and he decides, well, well maybe I should search on Desiree. And I don't think that's what really happened. No, because when they did search Desiree, it was like, bleep. You yeah. gotta be bad. You gotta I don't be think he bold. thought. You gotta be I wiser. Quit. I'm quitting this podcast. You gotta be hot. And then he was like, I love this song. This is my job. You gotta be stronger. <laughs> when I hear her set you up with those kind of things, I catch it going on. But when you're here in the room, I just got like hooked hey, in. No, but also I'm just so trusting of her. I'm uh, I'm always Aww. like in it every single time. Cause I'm kissing you. Oh, good song. That's Desiree. I know it's Desiree. Okay, well let's fight about it. Yeah. Okay. Fight. Hi, Christopher. We didn't want you to see us like this. Yeah. <laughs> so they they do search Desiree and they find a match, and that is twenty. What? But I don't think he just thought of it. I think there was a woman police officer around and they're like I can't find anything on Desi and they're like and she walks by and she's like you guys know that Desi is short for Desiree right yeah like, oh yeah we totally knew that yeah they often they didn't have the um the budget for another actor yeah. we don't have the budget to hire a woman also, on this yeah. production. also being pro woman will only get you more 2am texts from me Christopher <laughs> I find that to be very sexy they were like you guys we can't <laughs> hire a woman because then she might get her period on set <laughs> And then everything, like we don't have mops. Yeah. I don't know what and happened. And Beth's neighbors all, she said she could roll some, I, yeah. some tampons, <laughs> sorry. Yes, they search for de- the name Desiree and they find a match. And that is 28-year-old Desiree Worthen, who is very familiar to police. And turns out she was actually arrested on December 22nd for public intoxication. Now, if we rewind in our brains, if you all have tamed your edibles and you have some brain cells left. We don't. Remember how Beth kicked a drunk woman out of her party that night? The all-girls party that the neighbor wasn't invited to? Do we think that was her, maybe? Well, they go find Desiree Worthen to find out. And the detective said that she was arrested for being drunk in public in the city. And I was just curious whether that's like, is that a specific charge in the city? Is that part of the... Mm, I think it's like... It goes drunk in church. Mm-hmm. That's like the worst one. Yeah, got you. And then it's like drunk on a horse because you could hurt the yeah, horse as yeah, well. Yeah. And then it's like drunk in the city because you're not going to like hurt anyone. So it's like a lower charge. Okay. Got you. It's yeah. like a lesser charge. What's worse than drunk at church, you think? Being gay. <laughs> Somebody come arrest this homosexual. <laughs> He's going to make me attend a P-flag class. Listen. Try to change my mind. I'm not, yeah, you, yeah. I'm not going to get indoctrinated by you, curly top. Oh, next you're going to tell me that they deserve rights. Equal rights. I love that there's a video of this guy interviewing people. And she's uh, interviewing very conservative people. And she was like, you know, the straight couple just works so hard. And the guy interviewing her goes, so you think that gay people are asking for more? And she goes, well, you know, they just want the same as us. He goes, oh, so you mean equal. She goes, yeah. <laughs> I love it. So yeah. equal is yeah. just too much. She goes, yeah, I think so. I love it when they make them just say. <laughs> the, the quiet part out loud. I, yeah. 
Yeah. It's amazing. Oh, it's so great. Remember when you told me you hated gay people, Christopher? Anyway, so here we are. <laughs> A little bit of editing, and then I'm just like canceled. As if. I love you, Christopher. Oh, I love you too. We were able to track down Desiree at a battered woman's shelter in Northern Virginia. She's been in hiding for the past few days, following a violent assault. Have you ever seen this lady before? It didn't take long to realize she wasn't telling us everything she knew. So they track Desi down, and she is up in Northern Virginia, kind of hiding out at a women's shelter. A battered women's shelter. Yeah. Yeah. And when when they find her, she, she is indeed battered. Like, she had been beaten up. Yeah, and they were like, okay, I'm, I don't know what happened. Sorry, but do you know what happened with this lady, Beth? And she's not talking. No. And they're like, oh, okay, you're really not talking? Uh, roll tape. We've got all these tapes this from is all you these places. Beth. Do you wanna do you wanna chit chat now? I, you know, we gotcha. We know you know Beth. Yeah. Remember when you said you didn't know her? We know you know her. And so now she's like, the jig is up. Yeah. Yeah. Desiree says that she was there at the party, which sounds like I don't know who else was at this party, but uh, yeah, when they don't she... really go into much detail about the party and like how it ended or what they don't really say all of that or like who all was there but Desiree tells the police that when she left it was just Beth and Benny and so that's the first time we hear of Benny and immediately Detective Harris's ears perks up and he's like tell us more about Benny Mm -hmm. and she's like well Beth hired me and Benny to clean her house we needed to earn some extra money and Beth was really nice and she said that we could earn by doing that so She's like, while we were cleaning, we found this statement that said she had $16,000 in her account. Now, we learned that Beth had inherited some money. And when you think of inherited some money, now, I'm rich by no means. But when I think of inheriting money, I think of, I don't know, $100,000 or something. And so to put at what frame of mind they were in, they thought the $16,000 was the money that Beth inherited. It wasn't. Yeah. That was just the money that she had. But Benny and Desiree were in a spot. Yeah. And Desi was drunk. And she was like, you know what? Let's let's figure this out. I bet you I can get on her computer and wire myself $500 from Beth's bank account. I mean, literally no good deed goes unpunished because Beth was, I mean, she's like, we were trying to get on our feet. She offered us a job. And then you turned around and Mm. tried to steal from her. Well, Beth sees her. I mean, because Desi didn't plan this out very well. She's drunk. And Beth sees her and she's like, are you, what are you doing? And why are you on my computer? You got to go. You're drunk. Get out of my house. And so she does. And then she goes off and gets arrested. Exactly. And... The detectives basically tell us that because she was in jail until she sobered up, that that's essentially her alibi for the murder. You know, we always say this. You listen to the podcast. We always say jail is a solid alibi. What? (laughs) Desiree was released without charge, and she and Benny went shopping with Beth's credit cards. She said the Beth said it was fine. Desiree claims Benny told her he had Beth's permission to use the cards, though she had her doubts. So now we know Desi, like you said, Desi is cleared. There's no way she could have participated in the murder. She was literally in jail. And as for shopping and the truck, Benny told Desi that 
oh, Beth gave me permission. And that's why she says she was shopping with him, even though she suspected that they were stolen. And eventually, Desi said to Benny, this is, just seems a little too good to be true. Did you did you do something to Beth? Like, why do you have her truck? Yeah, and Benny was like, back off. She's like, no, really, did you do something? And he basically beat her up and said, this is horrible. It is fucking horrible. Says, if you don't shut your mouth and stop poking around, you're going to end up in the trash as well. That is a huge red flag for the police because the police say no one knew where mm-hmm. we found her. Yeah. No one knew other than maybe the family. Mm-hmm. But like, there's no possible way that she could have known that's how we found poor Beth. So Desi gives the guy up to the police and his full name is Benny Wayne McCroskey. Mm-hmm. And so they go to his last known address. And this woman, Brandy, who lives there, says they, they show her the picture of Benny, the still picture of Benny from these videos. And she says, yeah, that's her boyfriend's uncle. And he'd been staying with them on and off since the 22nd. And when he, he got released from prison. Mm-hmm. That's right. And he showed up at their house on the 23rd with a big bag of DVDs and a DVD player. As a gift for her son. Like, what the fuck? And we also, they tell us that Benny has a pretty crazy criminal yeah, uh, he's, background. Yes. He's kicking a little trip on down to the clink once or twice. Yeah. I mean, imagine re-gifting a dead person's DVDs to a child and her DVD player. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. There's a few connections loose. Yeah. The calls are coming from in the house. So the police figure out that not all the DVDs are there. And I think this is where they use the actual, people from ID use the actual police still photos like flashbacks. Mm-hmm. So like she says, she mentions something about DVDs and then you see Harris's face and then you see like this, the muse, the photo of the DVDs on the shelf. Mm-hmm. Like it's the end of Usual Suspects and he's putting yeah, it all together, these images together. in his mind. So they get a lead from a pawn shop. I always have so many more questions when they say that. Like, did the pawn, like what was the lead pawn shop? Anyway, they end up at a pawn shop. Well, because the police had a feeling that he was going to go and try to sell those DVDs to a pawn shop to get some quick cash. So they called or contacted all the local pawn shops. And one of them said like, oh, yeah, we just had a guy in here a minute ago who had like 70 DVDs. 70 DVDs. Yeah. Well, because the thing was they didn't have land before time. They only had land before time two and three. Got it. And they were like, I, and they were like, we, we, I'm not going to buy that without the original. Yeah, of course. Without the original. Little, bring me something cry? good, like, <laughs> yeah. like my cousin Vinny. You're, try- <laughs> Are you, you're trying to make us cry. I, the land before time wrecked me. I know. <laughs> the tree star. Oh gosh. Okay, we can't. Oh, gift from mother. Very very special. <laughs> we can't. We can't do this. Uh-huh. We can't. If we hold on. No. Together. No, we're not doing this. I said no. I know our dreams will never die. Joey's crying. A few hours later, there's a lead. Afternoon, sir. A pawn shop ten miles from Beth's house has just had a visitor. A man matching Benny McCroskey's description with 70 DVDs to sell. Our detective started surveillance outside the pawn shop while waiting his return. Police show up to that pawn shop and they set up surveillance outside, you know, hoping that Benny will return. And he does. Mm -hmm. And when he does exit the pawn shop, detectives are like, hey, you're Benny. We know who you are. And he's like, oh, you do. Boom. (laughs) And takes off running. 
Which does not make you look good. Yeah. It does not. Yeah. <laughs> he runs across the street to a car dealership. And Harris tells us that not only was a perimeter set up, but a canine was called, which means that they surrounded him and that there was a dog. <laughs> yeah. You're a wizard, Harry. <laughs> so wait. The canine was called. Uh-huh. Like the on his phone? I don't know. So a canine <laughs> is some kind of dog. Huh. Didn't, wasn't there a talking dog like a couple episodes back? Oh, when they when they that was last week when they said he was like nobody can nobody can oh, say right. anything except for the dog and the dog was like that's what you think. <laughs> so they called that dog that can talk. Uh, it's a throwback. <laughs> well, he didn't stand a chance, Benny. He was hiding under a car. They surrounded him. They got him. And of course, Benny refuses to talk about Beth once no, they bring him down. But Harris tells us about the scene when they they caught him hiding under a car. And he says, uh, when it went over the radio that Benny was in custody, there wasn't a single person on scene that wasn't high-fiving another person. <laughs> it was like, I just, did everyone make sure they high-fived yeah, every yeah. single other? Did, did you, I get you? Did I get, did I get you? Detective Marsh, did you make yeah. sure to get Detective Toronto there? <laughs> did everyone get a crisscross of everyone? Yeah. McCroskey refuses to talk about Beth Von Steiner. But detectives now believe they know what happened the night of December 22nd. Okay, Benny, let's go over it one more time. So they apprehend him. Of course, he doesn't talk. And they were like, I think we have this figured out. Like, I think we know exactly what happened because we have cameras and this is, you know, evil and we're the best show ever. Second to Obsessed has disappeared, hosted by our Christopher. Aw. And so what they figure out happened. So after Beth kicked Desi out for being drunk and trying to steal money from her, Benny became violent. And based on the blood spatter uh, above the bed, investigators determined that the attack began while Beth was in bed. And from there, he dragged her out of the bed where he continued to assault her while she was on the floor. Then using the bed sheet, he dragged her out of the house and placed her body in a trash pile. And when they explained that to me, mm-hmm. my, 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 yeah. I just was like, who is capable of doing something like that? I forget that there are people who are capable of inflicting such harm on a person. And yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just so sad. I know they're all sad. And I, people ask us all the time if we, be, if we get numb to this. Mm-hmm. And the answer is no. no. Yeah. Never, yeah. ever, ever. It's also, just so. Att- take the DVDs. Take the money. Yeah. Why, take them. She was sleeping. She was upstairs. Yeah. Like, or she went upstairs or he stayed there. Because remember, Desi said that they Benny stayed back. So maybe she was like, crash on the couch. We don't know what right. happened. But for whatever reason, like she was, take take her stuff and go. Take but, it. But Joey, you said what kind of person does this. And and I think Skibos describes him as somebody who has no soul yeah. and no remorse. Uh, yeah. Both the detectives, their take on him. Well, because just... they're just out shopping at Kohl's. However, you know, after this, using her car. Yeah. It's so awful. Yeah. And so he enters an Alfred plea. Which I had to look up as well. Oh, you didn't know what an Alfred plea was? I didn't. The West Memphis Three took an Alfred plea. Joey and I didn't go to law school like you. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Where was the name of your college? It's the law it's the, it's the, the, law, law, the law school, school of, of law. Land of the Law. There's the law school of school. law. Law and when law. You, <laughs> when you study law, it's. 
the law. Yeah. Hey, man, hey, well, I graduated uh, cum some laude um, <laughs> at, the, at the University of Law, Law, and Law. And what? now I practice law at the uh, offices of Law, Law, and Law. Oh, yeah. Um, well, tell them what they, what you what you Googled, my love. Well, I did. I had to write it down. An Alfred plea is a guilty plea in which a defendant maintains they're innocent but admits that the prosecutor's evidence would likely result in a guilty verdict if brought to trial. Which, that's what, what the, the West Memphis 3 has. Well, that's so interesting because I was like, what? When does this ever work for it anyone? Happens, and how, yeah. and then I'm, you brought up the West Memphis yeah, 3. Yeah, they're and I'm not like, exonerated. They're fighting for their exoneration, yeah. but they're not exonerated. Wild. Yeah. Yeah. Before the case goes to trial, McCroskey enters an Alford plea, asserting his innocence, but admitting the evidence against him is overwhelming. He's convicted of second-degree murder and grand larceny and sentenced to 25 years in prison. He was only given 25 years. For second-degree murder and grand larceny. Which we just covered a case where Elizabeth Hasem, who was an accessory to murder, got 90 years. 90! Accessory. Oh she wasn't God. there in Virginia, in the same state. It is. It is. Yeah. And with those twenty-five years, he actually would be out in twenty thirty-two, which is like correct. less yeah. than ten years from now. Yeah. The math ain't mathing though. Yeah. Like n- what? And Desiree helped the police a lot. They might not have solved this without her, so I can't believe that she didn't get a plea. But she was guilty of credit card fraud and identity theft, and she served eight months. Yeah. I was like, I mean, you got the guy who did murder stuff from her. Yeah. I thought that that was odd, too. Yeah. But I was like, maybe there's more we don't know. But yeah, I mean, and that's how it ends. And and poor Beth's family is just trying to put the pieces together. And her son, Thomas, just continues to break my heart through mm-hmm. this entire yeah. episode. And he was like, I miss my mom. Yeah. And I'm keeping it together today because we're not crying on our comedy podcast. But I was like, I get that. I, mm-hmm. I totally get that. I, you know, okay, I'm not going to cry. We went to Nick's, my boyfriend Nick's dad's retirement party. And he hugged me and was just like, you know, you make my son so happy. We're, we're so happy that you are, you two are happy. And then I saw a moment where Nick was hugging his dad and his dad was just crying and was mm-hmm. like, I love you. And when we rode the train home, I looked at Nick and I was like, I would give anything to hug my dad just one more time. Just mm-hmm. one more time. And Thomas just sitting there being like, yeah. I think about my mom every yeah. single day. And then one man came in and for what reason other uh, who knows because that is a the way he murdered her mm-hmm. is rage filled yeah and all of that for two hundred dollars at Kohl's DVDs and her truck my yeah. what mm-hmm. and now this man has to spend the rest of his life missing his mother every single day after our dads died um I made my mom make a promise to me um so I don't want to make you guys jealous but okay. I did make her make a promise to me hello hi mommy. Hi, sweetie. How are you? Good. How are you? I just wanted to know if, um, do you remember the promise that I just made you make to me? Yeah. What was the promise? That I would never die and leave you alone. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's binding. Yeah. And I'm going to hold you to it, Anna. Right, right. And Joey, as I told Ellen, I will be here forever because the good die young. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we don't need to say something funny now. (laughs) Mom, look, you got to say something funny. 
Down bitches. We are we gonna wear matching black tank tops again at uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. great at Obsessed Fest. At Obsessed Fest. Okay, cool. Absolutely. Y'all, we are so lucky to have Christopher here. Let us know. We'll drag him on over to New York and before maybe maybe before we'll do an AMA with the Patreon or Absolutely, something. Absolutely, yeah. So be sure and follow us on social media at I Think Not Pod on all platforms. And where can they find you, Christopher? Hiding under a rock. Yeah. Yay.com. Yeah. Are you really not on social media? No, he no is. I'm at Christopher.Crutfield.Walker on Instagram because it's so easy to remember. Yeah, that's all. Yeah. I'm at Voice of Walker on Twitter before it burns into a. Yeah. Uh, it has burned. Yeah, I guess it has. And <laughs> you can find Joey at It's Joey Taranto and me at Ellen Marsh. Don't forget I spell my name with a Y. Down bitches, we love you. We love you, Christopher. We love, love you, Christopher. Too. Love you, Joey. Love you too, Ellen. Love you, Davey. Love you, Davey. Bye. Christopher. <laughs> we should do obsessed with Christopher. You for should our come next do series. more Wonderland Murders, and there's a couple seasons of Shadow of Doubt. Okay. So. Someone write that down. Line. We don't yeah. have an assistant, yeah. and we're both very uh, dumb. Margaret. <laughs> That's when we have an assistant. Yeah. Named Shouldn't he Mar- be named Margaret? Or maybe Carl. Carl. <laughs> I'm like, come on, don't act like you didn't do reenactments on your on your camera at home of NYPD Blue. Come on, you did that or SVU. You can cut that whole joke. Okay, that fine. went nowhere. I'm sorry. And it really, really, just wow. It, yeah. Christopher shows up and you <laughs> get real bossy. All Jeff, right. you can put that in the outtakes. <laughs> <laughs> um, or Jeff, do what you want. How about that? If you like the joke, you could put it in the main feed. Do we really think <laughs> Ellen turned bossy when I showed up? <laughs> she borrowed my headphones. I said, well, you had them two weeks ago. And then five minutes into the argument, I said, listen, all I know is a week and a half ago you had them. And she's like, I thought you said two weeks. Wow. Yeah. You got like a little court no, I get it. I get it. I know. When my cat talks back to me, like when I'm like <laughs> correcting them and they just sort of meow at me, it really. Joseph, what's hilarious mm-hmm. is you actually yell at your cats like you're, they're your children. <laughs> He'll be like, hold on one second. I'm like, Tucker. <laughs> Tucker. I said, stop it. Like, and you know what? He does. He he puts me on hold and gives the cat his centralized attention. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what I don't have to do? Pay for a cat's college education. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to buy them a car. <laughs>